one of the top 10 shows right here on Cell TV, this episode. Why? Because I talk about the hidden sources of why you may not still feel well or be able to get well despite, and you can fill in the gaps, but this is how to test for these hidden toxic sources in the home. You're going to see actual live video of what this man found in my home. Some surprising things, by the way. Wait till you see. And also what to do about it. Man, he gives us so many tips on how to make our home safe. But look, we're going to learn how to test for mold the right way. Oh, because I had it done wrong so many times. And this is the right way. How to test for EMFs to see what your bedroom and sleeping for condition, because most people are doing it wrong. And what about toxins and water sources? We hit it all. Even the hidden gases that you need to test for. We're going to talk about the testing and we're going to give you tons of solutions. This episode is a life changer. Check it out. I want to give thanks to one of our sponsors, Cyto Defend. Look, at a time like this, I think that our immune system and keeping our immune system up right now is more important than ever. I can also tell you that I pay attention to the things that keep my immune system on par and healthy. So, so glad that Cyto Defend is one of our sponsors here on Cell TV. And it's a product that I use, my family uses, and hopefully you'll check it out. And by the way, you can check it out with the link right here below. If you wanna try a free bottle, you can actually get a free bottle, just pay the shipping. And I think you'll reorder after that, but check it out. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing CytoDefend product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit freeimmunity.com. Again, that's freeimmunity.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith. And today we welcome Ryan Blazer, an environmental toxicology expert, building biology consultant, and electromagnetic engineer. Ryan has been creating healthy environments for over 25 years, and he is here to speak about mold, air quality, toxic chemicals, water, EMF, sound vibration, and lighting, and how a proper inspection of your home can change everything for you and your health. Check out our show notes on how you can be in touch with Ryan and his services. I cannot wait to hear more. This is long overdue. So let's get started and welcome Ryan Blazer and of course, Dr. Pampa. Welcome both of you. Thank you, welcome. Well, uh, Ryan, it feels a little weird welcoming you because you're in my basement. That's actually my basement Ryan's in right there. So, But it, we thought it would be better sitting, sitting next to each other at a computer that Ryan set up. Uh, but Ryan knows my home very intimately because Ryan spent a day in my home with uh, doing multiple tests. Wait till you see the number of tests. He brought in uh, cases of tests, which I'm gonna show you a video of because I'm like, I have to videotape some of this because some of it you just have to see as he was doing it. Uh, I can say this, at the end of the day, I knew I finally had the guy to bring to you all. Uh, you've heard me say this multiple times, right? The big things, that are missed when you can't get your life back, when you're still not well, and yet you've changed your diet, you've done all these things, is three things, hidden infections, possibly bioaccumulated heavy metals, and oh yes, mold and toxins in your home. The problem is always this, how do we know? How do we test for mold? Because as you'll see in this episode, it's not what you think. How do we test for high chemicals and VOCs in your home? Well, it's not that easy. You're going to see that in this episode. Oh, and how do you test for EMFs in electromagnetic frequencies? Because many people who can't sleep have anxiety, have all these. Yes, it could be an EMF problem. Wait till you see what we found behind our bed. You'll have to watch that video. It's coming up in this episode. I'm going to show the actual video. Ryan, thank you for being here. And uh, everything I just said, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I get, uh, as Ashley said, this is long overdue. You know, we've been looking for a guy like you. You're not just a guy that saw a niche. You're an engineer. You know all about this stuff. You're the real deal. You have your own story. Matter of fact, start there. How did you get into this? Sure, yeah. So I'd say about 10, eight years ago, I was pretty sick. I was living in a moldy home. Uh, you know, I have a background in electrical engineering. I've worked at different industries. 
uh, Department of Environmental Quality, uh, DOE for the nuclear division. We worked with a lot of their sensitive equipment with their um, shielding process for their experiments. And you know, I got to the point where I realized I was pretty sensitive to EMF myself because I would go into these clean environments and I'd feel great. And then I'd go back to my office which was underneath these fluorescent lights and all this computer and technology around, and I just get drained by the end of the day. That along with living in a moldy home, and I was remodeling this old Scout, and I was grinding on the metal and wasn't using the right respirator. Uh, I had some heavy metal toxicity because of that. And it's kind of like you said, I had the perfect storm. It kind of took me over the edge. And so it became, it went from a job to me to become uh, about saving my life and going through that process and understand the seriousness of this it's kind of changed my whole outlook and uh, want to bring this information that I have to other people, dive into their homes and help them along the process as well. I know this from pain to purpose, you're going to change a lot of lives just from uh, right here in this interview that I know. And by the way, uh, Ryan is in my program right now because he realized he had bioaccumulated, as his story just said, a lot of these toxins. And even though he got out of the uh, environment, these toxins are still bioaccumulated in our tissues, in our brain, and uh, leaving us sensitive oftentimes, as I was. But uh, so Ryan is cleaning his body now that he's in a safe environment. But you know, Ryan, I have to say, though, many people are, uh, you know, oftentimes doing the right things, doing everything right in their life. They've made these changes, yet they're still not well. And it's because they're under a toxic source. My R number one of my five R's of how we get our lives back, how we fix a cell, how we detox a cell is removing the source. Sounds real easy, but until we get to our home and we just simply don't know. And that's where you come in. And, and that's where you're just such a great resource uh, to many people um, that are looking to get their lives back. Okay. I, I want to start with the video here because you came into my house. Okay. I've had people come in and do testing, right? They do some air testing, this testing, you know, I'm a big skeptic and I, I can tell you, I, I can poke a lot of holes because just my brain, uh, I, maybe I read too much or maybe I think too much, but I oftentimes walk away less of a believer. Well, not with you. I walked away more of a believer. First of all, you came in with, you know, cases of equipment, Check out this video so you don't just take my word for it. This is what Ryan came into my home with. Check it out. I had to show the video of the equipment that you came in the house with. I, I think you said it's $40,000 worth of equipment, right? About that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. I was very impressed with all the instruments and gadgets. But look at all these air, air samples that you took, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you're actually not even done yet because... You didn't even get into this. What's that test kit there? So that's, we're going to test the water here. Mm -hmm. This is our air sampling. We've got surface sampling, dust samples, VOC sampling, swab samples, <laughs> ERMI, endotoxin. ERMI is a mold type of test. ERMI is old. Yeah. Yep. Endotoxin is bacteria. Uh -huh. TMICETES come with pathogens. Right. Um, then this is the basic kit here. And then we got all the EMF equipment. Yeah. And air sampling, gases, thermal imaging camera. Incredible. Incredible. Hi, Ryan. That, that's quite the uh, array of equipment. I don't know, 40 some pieces. <laughs> Why do you need all that, man? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff that we're dealing with is invisible. And that's what makes this stuff so dangerous is that we're not visibly seeing it. We can't hear it. We can't smell it in a lot of cases. And so this equipment is intended to bring all that invisible, unseen um, toxins um, made it, make it so that we can find out exactly what's in the environment. Make it so we can see it, so we can hear it, so we can smell it. Yeah, you know, I want to start with mold. Um, look, I, you know, mold, I'm writing a book right now, and I, I talk about mold as something just so evil. And I, biblically, if you look at Leviticus 14, it, it's talked about God from God that way. It's just this, this evil thing that it's like just takes over people's lives, ruins people's lives. I mean, from the benign of be, not being able to lose weight because it blunts leptin receptors and hormone receptors to the crippling where it drives autoimmune, the body starts attacking itself, ruins people's gut despite what they do, um, causes insomnia, panic attacks, brain fog beyond belief, um, aches and pains and just crazy symptoms where everyone thinks you're nuts. Uh, you know, you can see why I think it's evil. Oh, and then it's evil also because 
you don't know it's there. It hides in dark corners. It loves dark and it can survive, you know, with just very little moisture. You know, it's just simply evil. And I've watched it ruin so many lives that I absolutely hate it. So God, I want to detect it and I want to kill it. But yet detecting it's hard, killing it is that people make mistakes. They don't do it right. So, okay. Uh, let, let's talk about mold. You, you had it in your story. You can, you know, pull from your story, but what have been some of your experiences with mold in general? And then we'll talk about the pitfalls of testing. Yeah, you know, the main thing with mold is mold needs water to grow. And so it also needs a food source being an organic material. So if we can take one or both of those two things away, we're going to have, that's the biggest part of the process right there is keeping your home dry. In a lot of cases, we see someone has a toilet that overflows or they have a small leak under a sink and they don't really think too much of it. Yep. And it starts to go on and on and you start to grow mold behind the wall, behind the baseboard, and that's producing the mold spores and the mycotoxins, which are getting out into the environment. We're breathing that in and that's what's causing a lot of the toxic effects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that is, is the, the issue is that, look, I mean, I can walk into environments and go mold right? But sometimes it, not every mold has the same smell. Some mm -hmm. molds are easier to smell than others. Most mold, caution folks, you don't see. Typically the mold that is in your bathroom around the caulking or something isn't the mold that we're truly concerned about. There's something typically deeper and more evil, as I said. Um, and when you call these companies, Ryan, because look, I, you know, I've dealt with people uh, sick from mold for many, many years. Most of them have had companies come out and they have brought the experts in. They typically put something in and they pull some air in, they go home and typically it comes out clean and I'm going, uh, no way is that clean. So where are some of the pitfalls with this? Yeah. So typically, you know, 80% of people that come out as the mold inspectors, they're going to uh, come out with an air sample. They're going to set it up in your room. They're probably going to take one outside, a couple inside. That's going to collect the air that we're actually breathing right now. So if we have a mold problem that's behind the kitchen counter or underneath the toilet or you know, behind the shower wall, typically we're not going to see those mold spores getting out into the environment. And that's what these tests are designed to measure is actual mold spores. And the mycotoxins that are coming out that are being released are one of the biggest things that are causing these health issues. There's over 15 different types of testing that we can do all of them have their different purposes. You got the ERMI that tests uh, the dust throughout your house, which is going to give you more of a historical viewpoint of what's going on. Okay, so that's one of the tests you ran in my house and you do in every house. ERMI, you're, you're collecting dust from different areas, which gives you a, a historic overview of what's in the home or been in the home, I should say. Right, exactly. And Because if it's been in the air, it's going to settle out in the dust. If you're breathing it in, we're going to find it in the dust. Um, then, of course, the air samples, which I like to use for more of source identification. So in your case, if we can use you for an example, underneath one of your sinks, we, ha we had a slow leak. We had some water damage. So that is a spot where we put the air sample specifically in that location to see if that was a location that was released in mold spores. And in fact, it was. Then we also have surface samples. We can use uh, lift tape to lift dust off and see if there's any spores uh, in a specific location where you can use swab if we see any kind of wet mold. Uh, actinomyces, which is kind of a mix between mold and bacteria, is, uh, can be a lung irritant and also make people sick. Uh, but that was a separate test that you did there, right? That was, a, you collected air and in our case, you collected air from different cavities on, behind some different walls, measured that bacteria that's present in a lot of molds, which in and itself is toxic but you also pulled air for the different molds as well. Correct, yeah. And like I said, uh, taking the air samples inside the wall cavity, that's the important piece that a lot of people miss. In your case, you include off to, we had some specific uh, leaks in certain areas. We had some smells. In the and past, in, in the past, like long ago, yeah. leaks were dried right. up. Yeah. Right, so it's kind of like a forest uh, thriving one day and all the water went away and two years later, we don't have any growth anymore, but we still have the trees, we still have the leaves, we still have the pollen. You know, that's just like looking at mold at a microscopic level. That's what you're going to see. And so just because the water has gone doesn't mean the mold is gone. It's still there and it can still get into our lungs and into our body and act like a toxin. So we've got to find that and using cavity samples and dust samples is one of the big ways to do that.
And, you know, and, and a picture and a video is a thousand words here. So you, you mentioned what we found under the sink. And that was, again, that was an old um, thing that I found. And I saw that it leaked, right? And I don't know how long it leaked, um, but it was passed and it looked like it was, you know, obviously everything was uh, dried up, which it was. But needless to say, you found a problem there. Let's watch the video because if we talk about exactly what we're talking about. So check it out. All right, so now we are in my bathroom. This is something that you've done. You you go to every room in the house and you look for water potential mold problems. We found one, which I'd actually found myself, but okay, so what did you do when you saw that? Yeah, so when we see that, when we see the water damage, we see signs of it bubbling out and expanding, that can be a sign of potential mold growth because the water's feeding the mold. So we can take an air sample. So, Air samples don't always work the best for trying to figure out if you have a mold problem, but mm -hmm. they do work good for point sources. So mm -hmm. we have a location, we know there's mold, or we know there's a potential for mold. So we can use this to collect an air sample. So what I like to do is kind of pound on this. And, you know, we want to disturb if there's any mold in there. Mm -hmm. And then we can start this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and then it starts sucking air. Mm -hmm. And then we can collect and while we're doing, we'll kind of tap it again. Mm -hmm. So if anything in there, we're disturbing it, it's coming up and we're collecting it. Mm -hmm. We run it for a little bit. Oh, look who showed up on the scene. <laughs> Our new puppy, Midgey, just showed up on the scene to see. Okay, so, and then we had another potential problem, um, maybe. Um, we actually, in one of the walls that I was concerned with downstairs, we actually took air samples from inside the wall. To your right. point, it's yep. better to take it from where you might have a problem. Right from the source, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if we just walk around, just we're, we could have mold here, and I could pull an air sample out there. And right. Without opening these up and disturbing, that mold could just be sitting there. It's not going to be yeah. out in the environment. Now, that comes the question as well, can that affect you? And potentially, you know, if that gets wet again and the mold reactivates and it starts producing mycotoxins, right. then we can start contaminating our environment. And then it is an issue. Yeah. But I love the fact that we tested behind things that right. where I had concerns. So yep. that's how you're going to find it. So, so you, know, you got to go right to the source. You got to go in the cavities. You got really got to dig deep. Awesome. Now, I mean, while we're on the subject, because I mean, obviously we're talking about this in the episode, but you also use this device to test for not just mold, but other contaminants, other toxins. Right. So we can, anything that's really in the air for allergens or other environmental issues, we can pull it and collect it in these little air samples. We send this to the lab and they can analyze what's in the air. Yeah. And and by the way, one potential thing, if people have paint cans and those things and uh, these things pick it up, right? Yeah. So and we then, have one that will pull air through a little uh, charcoal mm -hmm. filter yeah. and it will collect uh, all the VOCs and chemicals right. and we can test for 500 different chemicals in the air. Awesome. So that's the right way, the right way to do it. Thanks, man. See, Ryan, a lot of our a lot of our work was done when you were here. See, because <laughs> yeah, I see how it's all fitting in. That's nice. Yeah, th those videos are really educational. Actually, they were really good, and people can actually see it. So, okay, so I'll start. I'll comment, and then we'll go from there. All right. Yeah. So you can see, I we tested actually in that cavity, and one of the things, the techniques that you just showed, and you did it. My there was another wall uh, of concern. We put a little hole in the wall. And you can see you pound the surface just to release something. You saw that, folks, in that video. Um, so there's a technique that I've never seen before, testing the air behind the cavities in both cases and then stirring it up. Yeah, I call that disturbed air sampling because a lot of times if it's not alive and not active, it's not going to be releasing mold spores into the air. And so it may not show up and it's going to give us a false negative. So if we're truly looking for the mold and we want to find it, Sometimes you have to disturb it a little bit and kick it up, and then we can measure and see what's in the air at that time. Well, and I, and I love the fact that we're we're not depending on just obviously air source because they'll they'll come in and they'll just check the air, and then they'll typically check the air outside just to, just to get a comparison. But you're looking behind the areas. By the way, you spent hours, I think, um, you were here all day, uh, going around every part of the house, and I'm very aware of like areas of trouble. You found every area of trouble that I, meaning when I say trouble, folks, I'm talking about like walls of your home, your basement that are under what we call positive water pressure, where water would move from the outside and be 
pressured against the wall. Eventually it comes in. <laughs> you know, I don't care how uh, good the foundation is, it finds its way in. But, you know, so I know the, knew those areas and you found those areas as well. And you, in, you investigated those areas with moisture meters, different things for that very reason. And then the walls of suspicion, you actually tested behind them to make sure there wasn't mold. That is huge to me that understands this. So, but we didn't just rely on one test. We relied on the ERMI test. We sampled the dust. We sampled bacteria that likes mold. And then we sampled mold air spores uh, in and around the problem areas. Is there anything else <laughs> that I missed that I think is what makes what you do different? Yeah, I mean, you kind of put that all together. And the reason that we do all these different things, it's kind of like throwing a puzzle out on the ground when we first come into these jobs. We've got to start turning over pieces. And if if you're only doing air samples, you're only turning over a couple of puzzle pieces. You're not seeing the whole picture. And so by getting all of that data at the end of the day, along with the history of the home, we were able to paint the picture of what happened. We had a small leak in the kitchen at one point that ran through the wall, ran down this wall through the ceiling. We sampled, we saw that we did have mold there in the past. It had gotten out into the room because we were able to sample it in the carpet and the dust in the outside room. It was no longer in the air, so that told us it was dormant. It was not wet in the walls, so we knew it was dormant mold, but we still had it in the dust. We still had mycotoxins in the house, which means we needed to, one, take care of the old dormant mold, get rid of it, and two, do a, somewhat of a micro clean throughout the house to get, because see the mold when it's growing, it's kind of like a factory in your home, putting off pollution. And so we have the isolated spot where the mold is, that's the first condition. And the secondary conditions are gonna be the mold spores and the mycotoxins that have gone through the whole home. And so right. by sampling at different locations, away from the source, we can see how far it's traveled and how contaminated the home is. So at the end of the day, then we painted the complete picture. Then we know what to properly uh, move forward in the remediation steps. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And um, yeah, we can target those areas with greater efficiency, you know, obviously that way. Now in the video, uh, we see the very same machine that you pull uh, some of these mold uh, toxins through uh, we also can test VOCs, that's volatile organic compounds, meaning toxins in the home, whether it be formaldehyde or something else. I, I think I briefly mentioned paint cans because a lot of people have paint cans, they release so many different toxins and it goes throughout the home. Uh, I, I always say that as an example of like how crazy certain toxic sources can be and something that we think is just like, I would never have thought that. But anyway, the bottom line is you use that same device to pull in that air and we had a lot of tests just general air sampling so mm -hmm. yeah correct and you know it's funny i did a, a job recently where the lady moved into a new home and she was very concerned about mold so she bought yeah. a brand new home that she knew hadn't had any water leaks or any issues and she moved in and she started getting sick the headaches the brain fog and she's like crap here we go i moved in the home it's got mold she called me up can you come look i got mold i'm pretty sure it's like going there no mold, we're not really finding much, but what we were finding was high VOCs, the chemical off gases. So VOC is volatile organic compounds. That's chemicals that get released into the air. And then we breathe them in and our body treats it like a toxin. So in a brand new home, you're going to have a lot of chemical off gassing from the paint, from the flooring, from the cabinetry. And that's not to mention if you're bringing any toxic chemicals of your own in cleaning supplies, uh, fragrances, glade plugins, all that nasty stuff. What, one of the things that... Um... Well, you gave, while you were here, you give us some uh, practical advice right away. One of which was a lot of these chemicals are brought in by shoes. And you, you said you can always tell the people who take off their shoes and the people who don't. Now, um, we're probably 50 percenters <laughs> where um, I never want to bother my guests to take off their shoes. And half the time I'm like, you know, running back for something because I'm always forgetting something I don't think about shoes. So, I mean, honestly, we're, we're 50 percenters and we've been better, um, you know, but still, I still catch myself doing it. The only difference now is I have great guilt when I do, don't do it. But anyway, so, but however, taking off your shoes, explain that. I mean, why is that such a big deal? Sure, yeah. I mean, you go fill up your car with gas and you step out and there's oil and petroleum and diesel. And then you go into the bathroom and there's E. coli and waste, and then there are toxic cleaning supplies on the floor. And then you go walk through the park and there's pesticides and herbicides. And then you walk in your home, all that stuff is on your shoes. And where does it go? Right on your carpet, right on your rug. You track it right through your house. And I would say if you have little ones that are crawling on the floor, 100%, you should never wear your outside shoes 
inside. In your case, you don't have a lot of little ones crawling on your floor, maybe not as critical, but still, like you mentioned, when we do air testing and air sampling, we can tell the homes that have uh, no shoe, shoe policy because their homes are a lot less toxic. Yeah. Another tip uh, that you gave us, and you can add on to more tips you have, but um, was the fan. Um, I, you know, I would say like not always do we turn the fan, what the fan, what I'm talking about is the fan above your stove, right? It's, we would use it if we were doing big cooking, but not necessarily all the time, but you said it makes a big difference um, because when you're using natural gas, that can even bring heavy metals in um, to your house, but also the, some of the cooked foods that I'll let you explain. But my son asked you a very clever question, which is better than? natural gas or electric and you actually went with the natural gas using the fan because the electric puts off a lot of ems which is a topic we're getting to but go ahead you can expand on that yeah no that's right you know when they pull the natural gas out of the ground they're not purifying they don't run it through a purifier like we would our water they refine it just enough so that it's natural gas and depending on where it was mined they could have radon and formaldehydes and lead and arsenic and all the nasty stuff we don't want. So if you're not using your hood every time and you're cooking and you're releasing those into the air, you're just breathing those right in, they're settling out into your dust and eventually they're gonna get inside your body. So it's really important that, you know, that's the reason they have these fans is in the laundry room and bathrooms and kitchens is these are a solution or these are point or pollution points that we need to evacuate uh, the air out of those areas. Yeah, fans are really important. And I have to say with, as far as mold, um, you know, not mitigation, but the, just the mitigation from the sense of preventing it is uh, fans are a huge thing. Bathroom fans, if they're broke, fix them. Make sure they're on every time. Make sure your kids have them on. Here's an, un, here's an untold one that I don't hear often is letting your, especially in the summer when your HVAC is running, your air conditioning part of your HVAC um, is keeping your fan running all the time. When it shuts off, moisture builds up on the coil and that moisture buildup makes a, a moldy coil and now you're blowing mycotoxins and mold spores through your home so let your fan run all the time and it dries the coil yeah i'm sure you give that one but that's one that i always find so simple yet people don't do because they think they're saving electricity by putting on auto versus fan on put it on fan on yeah that's very smart another thing that does too is it filters out your air a lot more you got a high quality air filter in there. You're cycling all that air through your home. You're pulling particles out of the air. So it's kind of dual purpose there. And I can tell when we do the inspections and look at those coils, if they've done that or not, because you'll see mold on the coil. That's another really common place to find mold in your HVAC system. Yeah, I get mine um, after you left, we, we had, our cl had it clean. I always clean my ducts once a year. Uh, I wonder how many people do that. Uh, I think, I'm going to, well, I made a decision after you left that I'm going to start doing it twice a year because we have pets and, you know, the hair accumulates. My wife has allergies to that. So um, obviously that builds up, but I think it's just, it's a, it's a good thing anyway. Is, is that what would you recommend twice a year or just once a year? You know, if that's something in your budget that you can do, I would recommend doing that for sure. Um, if not, I mean, definitely a deep clean once a year. I would certainly do that without a doubt. Uh, if you can get your ducts clean once a year, then do it. We find all kinds of nasty stuff in there, especially people that use poison traps where the mice will eat the poison or the uh, pests and they'll crawl into the duct work because it's warm and it feels safe and then they die. Now we have a decomposing poisonous animal in your duct system. So very, very important wow. to keep those things clean. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that may have motivated people. But um, yeah, don't use that. Don't use that poison <laughs> just in case. But uh, yeah, you, you find some pretty amazing things in there. I remember when we moved into this house, we had it clean. The guy went in there with the camera was like showing me things. I was like, what? Anyway, yeah. uh, I was amazed just like there was construction material in there. Like literally they, they swept it in. He goes, no, that happens all the time. So the formaldehyde off the wood, the wood chips is just blowing right over it into your house. So, you know, think about that. And formaldehyde is a big deal because, you know, homes have it in the, you know, in the insulation and so many of the cabinets and wood, pressed wood, furniture, they bring in everything. Yeah. So water, um, I was surprised that you tested the water, which surprised in a good way because 
again, when you're talking about air and water, these are huge things that make people healthy or unhealthy. Um, mine tested very well. And you tested, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll do whatever that homeowner wants. I definitely wanted my uh, water tested coming in uh, from the city water and then also through my filters. And my water tested actually very well, but I'm sure you find otherwise. Yeah, and one, people, uh, one thing people don't think about is the shower and the bath. We can absorb just as much uh, contaminants out of the water taking a nice hot shower or soaking in the bathtub. And that's one place that people don't think about. So they have the RO system and their, their sink and they're drinking healthy water, but the bathing and the showering is also important to think about. I have a whole house system. That's why I wanted both tested because I wanted to see what was happening to my city water, what I was showering for that very reason. They say a 10 minute shower, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a, a few minute shower is equivalent to 10 or 11 glasses of chlorinated water, right? So, um, you know, filtering the water, you're showering for, you know, two or three minutes and yet it's like drinking glasses of water because you pour it, it's hot and it opens up your pores and then you're, it's going into your skin, but also you're breathing it into your lungs because remember you're in steam, right? You're breathing uh, those particulates right in. Exactly. Oh man, we're learning. All right. So before I move on to EMFs, which if I talk about air, water, mold, but today's hidden uh, toxicant, if you will, um, is the EMFs. But before we go there, let me give you a chance to give any other tips to our viewers. And I'm, I'm going to say this now too, by the way, um, if you uh, feel like you need Ryan's services, we're going to put the link to his services here. Um, but also, uh, you might say, well, what areas does he service? Well, he does a virtual package for you that, um, and you can, I'll let you explain that before you give some other tips. And then also, obviously, if you're in certain areas of the country, he will also come out, uh, one of him or his team, one of uh, someone on his team that he, he knows is an expert as well, and they will do what they did in my home. But go ahead, Ryan, you can expand on that. Yeah, yeah, so if you, if you think you have an issue with your home, uh, I always recommend leave your home for a while. If you have a cabin or if you can go camping and you can get out of your environment, that's really the best way to see if, if you have something immediate. Now, a lot of times we're getting these long-term chronic exposures and that's not really gonna show themselves that way. Right. But I, I can say that I've never done a home that I haven't found something in there that's contributing to their overall toxic load in the body. And so it's very important to get in there and find out what that is. So if you're on the path to healing or you just want optimal health, it's extremely important to make sure your fishbowl is clean, so to speak. And so if you uh, wanna do some sort of a virtual package, you can call me up and we can set up a Zoom call. We can, you can go to my website, uh, schedule, and we get on a Zoom call similar to this and we can walk around your house. We talk about the history of the home, the health of you, how you interact with the home, some of your habits, some of the issues, leaks and so on. And there's a lot of stuff we can find. You know, it's not exactly the same as me coming out with all the equipment, but I've been doing this long enough. I know where to look. I know the questions to ask and we can cover about 80% of the issues. And then I can point you in the right direction on where to order tests, or I can send you some test kits of my own and you can do the testing. I can walk you through that. Then we get on another Zoom call and we go over all the results. And based off of that, then we can come up with a plan uh, to bring your home to a more of a healthy state. Even the EMFs, of course, you'll give uh, um, advice to. However, I think you told me this. Um, you can tell people where to buy some cheap meters and how to read them um, and maybe rent or lease out some uh, units. Your own. I don't know, but that, that, but you yeah. do deal with the EMFs virtually as well. So. Yeah, exactly. EMFs are a big one these days. You know, we'll get into that in a minute. But going back to what you said about some tips, there are a couple of good tips. And some people are already doing this, but some aren't. Uh, you know, I always ask, are you guys are you using healthy cleaning products? A lot of times, yeah, we're using health. Then I'll go through the home and their level of healthiness is not true healthiness. So you can go to a website called EWG and it rates all these different chemicals and products. And you can they have a score from A to F. and choose only healthy products, only bring healthy, non-toxic, fragrance-free chemicals, cleaning supplies, personal care products into the home. Get familiar with EWG and really take time to go through all your products. And if you have unhealthy things, toxic chemicals that you're not using, 
get them out of your house. And if you feel like you have to have them, at least store them in the garage. Um, but get those out of the, the environment. The second biggest tip is open your doors and windows and get good ventilation in your home at least once a day. I'd like to see people open their doors and windows for about 15 minutes and flush out the home and start with fresh air. Uh, we're breathing out a lot of carbon dioxide. Uh, we have a lot of off-gassing from chemicals from our home and particulates that can build up, mold spores, insect parts, insect feces, dead skin cells. And there's so many things floating around in the air. Simply opening up doors and windows, flushing that out, and starting with fresh air every day goes a long ways. Now, the only time I would recommend not doing that is during fire season, or if you look out the window, if you're living in an inner city and it's really polluted that day, uh, maybe skip it, and do some air filtration. But for the most part, get some fresh air in your home. That that oh. really is the solution to a lot of issues. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That's my biggest one. Uh, in, even in the winter here in Park City, at night, we sleep with our window cracked. Uh, number one, you sleep better in cool, right? So it drops the, the temperature in the bedroom, obviously. But number two, you're bringing fresh air in, which is huge. Uh, when I lived back in Pittsburgh, we had an energy return ventilator. I mean, here, we, we in the summer, we, we just keep our windows open pretty much all summer. I didn't put it in this house. Um, and we have dogs, we're in and out. But uh, the energy return ventilator, I think, is huge because it's constantly bringing stale air out and fresh air in. It helps prevent mold, and it also is fresh air. It's bringing uh, clean air, like you said. And some of them are equipped with filters, so on those more toxic days, you're filtering the air. Do you like those uh, pieces of equipment? Man, when I go when I go test homes with those things, the air is, quality is so much better. Yeah. You know, the the heat recovery ven ventilators, the energy recovery ERVs. Those things are amazing. I would highly recommend. So there's HRVs and ERVs. Um, some are better for winter or colder climates. Some are better for more humid climates. Explain that a little bit because, and these things can run anywhere from $500 to $3,000, depending on the size of your home. Am I, am I pretty accurate there? Yep. And heat recovery, HRV, uh, is typically for cold climates because we're trying to recover the heat out of the air. Energy recovery ventilators are more for Moist climates, humid climates, uh, they're better at taking the moisture out of the air as well as filtering them in. And there's two different ways to install them. If, if you are building from ground up, you can install it as a standalone system where you have vents in, in uh, all of the room, like the laundry room, the bathroom, the kitchen, where it's pulling air out. And then you have fresh air in coming into the bedrooms, the den, the nursery, the family room. And this is going nonstop in the background, always bringing fresh air into the room always cycling it through. Those things yeah. are amazing. Yeah, yes. they, they really are. You know, commercial, maybe every state's different, you can tell me, but I know commercial buildings, sometimes those are by law because it makes, it changes the air, obviously. But in homes, they should be, they should have to put these things in, especially with new construction. They don't, but it is, it is a game changer. I like it. I would rather invest in that than typically most filter uh, systems that are on the market. 100%. Yep. When people ask what filtration system should they get, I tell them get an HRV if you can afford it. 100% yeah. every time. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, great, great. And you can add them, like you said, uh, obviously, if you do it from new construction, you can put, add it, you know, where it pulls air from every room. But like I've added them to my house where it's just pulling from the central big area. And yep. it's one thing and it can easily be installed to an existing home. So, okay, yep. all right, let's go into the, uh, the, the EMFs. Probably um, uh, undervalued, maybe um, people don't even understand this. We can understand water, we can understand air, we can understand mold, uh, but yet electromagnetic fields, what are we talking about here? I mean, what, what is the danger? You know, and then we'll get into measuring it. Yeah, EMF is probably my favorite. You know, that's my background. My schooling is in electromagnetic engineering, and um, it can—it's some of the most controversial. And you know, I go into people's homes, and typically one person's on board. Usually, the female in the relationship, and then the male. A lot of times, he's not on board because it's a lot of well, the technology the way, that, that's we're talking about. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty difficult unless the guy's sick and and gone through it. Then he's willing to listen. You know. yeah. But, you know, when we talk about EMF, we're actually talking about three different things. We're talking about the electric field, which comes off of the electricity and the electrical wiring in the homes. 
That's the E. And then the M is the magnetic energy, the magnetic field, which comes from alternating currents, from motors, from appliances, the high voltage power lines. Uh, and those can be some of the most dangerous because they have a physical interaction with the body. Our, our iron has blood in it and we have heavy metals in our body. Some people have extra heavy metals and that can physically vibrate and interact with the magnetic field. Just like if you had a, a handful of nails and a magnet, it's gonna attract and if you change polarity, it's gonna push away and we get this vibration motion going in our body. And that's where a lot of the root inflammation, tumors and cancers can come from. So I, I like to see those levels really low. I can tell you, you know, I mean, I had so much mercury in my brain and many people have still have metal in their mouth. You literally act as a conductor for these frequencies. And yeah. I was so sensitive. Uh, and, but here's the problem. It took me years to realize it until I would be sitting, you know, at my computer for hours and I would be like, just absolutely like just irritable brain fog, wondering what's going on. And it took me a while to figure it out. You know, this whole environment's wired in. And um, I did that because if I sit here eight hours, you know, I'm out of my mind. This desk used to be against that wall. And right, if you remember, that's where all of our electricity comes in the house. And I was yep. sitting there and by the end of the day, I'm done. I was just exhausted. I was getting headaches, which I don't get. And finally I figured it out. I spun my desk this way. First of all, I measured it. I, I took, here it is right here. So I took this unit. This is a uh, TES 593. You get these for, you know, 400 bucks. And I measured it. And I was, I was blowing my mind at the levels off that wall. Now, when I come 10 feet away, it's, it's safe. So distance is your friend. Now, I did other things to, like, you know, mitigate that, too. And then I dewired all of this. And, you, you know, you measured the levels. My house actually was really good except for one area, you have to watch the video, right? <laughs> but one of the things I was impressed with is that you measured the area outside because some people are getting massive exposures from outside sources. So you went outside, you measured it. The other cool thing that you did, you turned all the electric off in the house. You did measurements, recorded them, turned it back on uh, to where we live our life. And then you remeasured it and you, you were able to show me the difference which I thought was brilliant as well. So, yeah, because we want to get a baseline. We want to see what the environment outside your house is doing because a lot of times, if those levels are high, there's not a whole lot you can do with it, especially if it's the magnetic energy. Magnetic energy is very, very difficult to block, but it also kind of shows you what you could be living in versus what you're doing to yourself. You know, a lot of times people call me, they're so worried about the 5G tower down on the corner, and then I walk into their home. And they have their Wi-Fi router on their desk and they got their cell phone in their pocket and they got their Bluetooth speakers in their ears. And so the exposure that they're bringing into their home is exponentially greater than the 5G tower down the road. And yes, that thing is dangerous, but that's not their biggest concern. It's what they're doing to themselves. And so when we can take both readings and we can show this is what the environment's doing to you and this is what you are doing to yourself. By the way, an engineer had, was out at our house, right? And he was you know, very, very skeptical of the whole thing. And that, but then he wasn't because he had his own incident. He drove for hours and hours. He would take his cell phone and he would put it on his lap when he drove because he spent his time. It was like his office, right? And on his lap, it went on his lap, it went. And he developed a cancerous tumor right where his cell phone is. One of my good friends, he put his cell phone right here, right here. And he developed a tumor in his lung right on that side, had to get that lung. So those two guys, are big believers in the dangers of EMF. Many people, when I see people, kids with them in their back pockets, in their butt, girls right here where their ovaries are, right here where their breasts are, I cringe right here. You know, my children, you will never see them uh, except on their voice. They don't ever put it to their head because I showed them the difference. I showed them what that does. The difference here versus here is, is a world of difference when you're on speakerphone. You'll never see me not on speakerphone. If this thing's on my body for more than 30 seconds, it's on airplane mode or it's set away from my body. Keep these things off your body. Believe me, like you said, we're worried about a lot of things. These are things we can just mitigate right now. If you're concerned about your house, or your bedroom, Ryan, which you're going to see a video in a minute, spent time in my bedroom because we spent eight hours, perhaps more of our time there. And we want to make sure that area is safe. One of the things you can do 
Brian went down to my fuse box and he marked the fuse that turns off my bedroom. You can flip that off and that immediately solved the problem sleeping next to the, you know, the wall where we found an issue. But so those things you can do right away. I mean, right away, do those things. Why not? Because I'm telling you, these frequencies, they're around us at higher levels ever in the history of man. And it is, if your bucket's already full with heavy metals, other toxins that we're talking about, mold, I promise you, you are reacting to these EMFs and you don't even know it. It could be a thing that sends your bucket overflowing and now you're in an autoimmune. Now all of a sudden you can't lose weight. Now all of a sudden you have headaches. Now all of a sudden you have pain, right? It's this, we want to empty that bucket in the unseen is oftentimes the EMF. So we, get, we need to e take this stressor out of our cells and it's something that you can do. I want to show you the video, Ryan, if you uh, will both get reminded here, but um, this is what Ryan found. And, and again, I, I think this video is important because you're kind of talking about like, well, I don't get it. I don't even understand what he's measuring. This is new for some people. I think this video will give you the best clarity of how Ryan will measure your home um, and what this actually looks like. So let's check it out. All right, here we are in my little messy bedroom, but uh, we're, we're here to show what we're talking about here on the show. This little sheet, I think, is really important, and you're going to show us how you do this in the bedroom. The bedroom's important, as you mentioned, right. because this is where we sleep for eight hours, hopefully Absolutely. eight hours. Okay, so we'll bring this sheet to light, but you might want to show some of this and how we got to this sheet. Sure. Yeah, and so on here, we're going to do the measurements first with all the power off, because we want to see what our background levels are. That's going to be our best case scenario. So we have our radio frequency meter, mm -hmm. which is going to determine where the different sources of radio frequency are mm -hmm. coming from. We have our electric field meters, and then we have our magnetic field meters. So they can come from various different spots from the bed. So we want to locate those sources. We want to map it out. Then we come in here and we turn everything on. Right. We create an environment like how you would typically use your bed, and we take these measurements again. And so the magnetic readings are going to go on here, the electric readings, and the radio frequency readings. And that's going to give mm -hmm. us an idea of what's our background and then what are we introducing into the environment that's right. affecting our health. Okay, yeah. So all these lights were off when you took the first measurements. And, yep. and how did this room uh, you know, turn out? It was amazing. With yeah. The background levels here were great. Okay. Really good. However, uh, we turned all of these things back on. And there seems to be more of a problem on my wife's side of the bed. Thank God. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I just got hate mail over that one. Um, but there might be a wire behind the wall that is actually causing that. Yep. Um, and you picked it up by a couple of the meters here. That's right. And so a lot of times we think about the stuff that's plugged Never in. Never show them that. Put, put that on that wall. Yeah. So we got this meter here. We're reading electric and magnetic. But we're going to set it to electric. Mm -hmm. So as we get closer here to the, the wall... This goes up pretty good. So mm -hmm. we're at about 20, and we want to be less than one if we can. That's okay. ideal. And this is really emanating from the wiring that's in the wall. Uh -huh. So we tend not to think about the stuff that's hidden behind the wall because we can't right. see it. Mm -hmm. But it's going right through the wood, right through the headboard, right through the sheetrock. Right. And then put it on that wall because I, yeah. that's what I... So right. you know, we get it closer. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that bingo. I mean, yeah. so there, there's, there's some type of wiring issue. Yeah. Um, there and as you move away from that, as you come out here where I'm standing, that's hardly anything. It starts to get <clears throat> less and less. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and then this side of the room was much better. Yep, yeah, a little um, bit better on this side. Yeah, yeah. not as bad. Yeah. Oh, you, my wife's gonna kill me, by the way, because yeah. I'm literally showing this because we were just romping through here and the bed's not made. So um, yeah. the ladies watching this are like, "Oh my god!" Like I would die <laughs> if that were me. My, when my wife sees, she's not going to see this episode. That's good. Yeah, good. yeah. Okay, All right. Good. So much Eating better. <laughs> yeah. So we got twelve over here. Yeah. Okay. So that's perfect. Great. Yeah. All right. So I mean, and, and just now let's bring it into this because th this this means something. And and just quickly point out that that's kind of the schematic of the bed there and what's going on. Right. So we kind of got the layout of the bed. We got mm -hmm. the headboard, and we got where the feet in the middle, and then we mm -hmm. got your side, her side, and then in the middle where your pets probably come and come. Right. And then we have the the different. Um, basically each device measured this row, this row. So just quickly explain that. Yeah, we got so, my great handwriting here, but we got uh -huh. electric and we got magnetic. Got it. And so this is kind of our chart, what we're referring yep. to. And then this is the readings that we're getting off of it. Yeah, exactly. So there's the electric, there's the magnetic, hence the E and the M. Yep. Each side of the bed. <clears throat> so 
what does all this mean? Um, well, I better solve the problem. Hey, the easiest, I could bring an electrician and I could try to look at the wall inside the wall. Um, but because it's not that bad in the day and I'm not in here during the day, the answer? Turn it off at night. Turn it off at night. We don't need it. Let's just turn the power off. And, and not and just the light, but we're going to turn the, all the All the power. Off. And by the yeah. way, then I go right back to that amazing measurement yes. that he did with all the power off. Yep. And now they have switches that I could hit right next to my bed over there. And it turns the power off even though the board is downstairs. I don't have to walk downstairs every night because that's a deterrent. So the switch is the magic. Solve the problem. But that's not all. We're looking harder. All right, Brian, Ryan, you can see that, I mean, that is, you found that, right? It was, you know, I, I, I laughed when I said it. First of all, our bedroom was a mess. I said, my wife's not gonna watch this video. <laughs> she's, she'd be so mad. Because <laughs> we, we, like, you and I, we didn't even care. We're about the content. The bed wasn't even made. She would, she's gonna have a heart attack. I still haven't told her that. But anyway, so, but near where my wife was, uh, Ryan, you thought maybe it's, it looked as it appeared a, sh a wire short or it was wired incorrectly, right? I mean, that's what you thought. Correct, yeah. When we have a wiring error and we don't have the neutral uh, canceling out the current from the hot, uh, it can throw off a pretty big magnetic field. Typically, when the neutral and the hot are together, they're going to cancel each other out. But when we have a wiring error, we can have alternate paths for current and it's going to create ground loops and that's going to create high energy. And so when you're sleeping or trying to sleep in that environment, we have this magnetic field that's alternating back and forth, flowing through your body. You're metal your body in general is reacting to that and it's feeling like there's something going on it's kind of like sleeping with the tv on or with with the the light still on you know you're gonna your body's not gonna be in the fully rested mode your cells are not gonna be able to to repair to open up to let waste out and to let nutrients in it's, your body's gonna be more on guard the cortisol levels up it's that fight or flight mode because it can sense that and we don't have you know we can hear we can see we can smell our bodies have evolved on this planet with our five senses, but EMF in this unnatural state is new within the last 100 years, 120 years. And so our bodies don't have the capability to give us the check engine light to turn on, hey, something's going on. Um, it does it more on a cellular level, more on a long-term level. And that's where we get these you know, inflammation and the long-term issues. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and like you said, typically, again, you don't know, you don't see it, you don't smell it, right? So mm -hmm. again, eventually I felt it. But even when I felt it, I didn't know what it was. I just thought I wasn't feeling good all of a sudden, right? I didn't correlate it to the fact that I was in this EMF field. I remember um, I was at a friend of mine's seminar and he had all this electronic equipment, right? And I went from like feeling normal and all of a sudden I went back and I'm sitting back there amongst the equipment and I'm like, wait a minute, I, I, I don't feel well, right? And it's like, and I had a feeling with this. So I moved away from it and I was like, I started to feel better. And you know, the second half of the day, you know, I was so dang tempted to see if it would happen again. I just had to know. I moved back into the environment and within a short time, I was brain fogged again, you know, but I, I, I did go through those little tests one time. I had my phone on, it was a um, hotspot, right? And I was using it and I was using it on speaker, but it was still on hotspot. And it was, and I was just brain fogged. I started getting irritable. So anyways, I, I eventually learned, right? That uh, my, you know, I, I definitely have a sensitivity to it. Uh, most likely because when I was sick, I had massive sensitivity and my body sets up a defense. But okay, so let, let's talk about, um, you know, some of these, okay, first of all, you can see on the video that you tested for the electric and the magnetic, we were okay on the magnetic, but talk about some of the things that might throw the magnetic off versus the electric so people can kind of look for that. Sure, and you know, one thing, a rule of thumb you can use without having a meter is think about your big appliance, anything that has a motor in it or a fan or using a lot of power like your washing machine or your HVAC system or your refrigerator motor or the dryer, all of these things have a big motor in them. They use a lot of energy and they put off a magnetic field at least sometimes six to eight feet. So I like to do the eight foot rule of thumb. So take your bed, for example, and draw an eight foot circle all the way around your bed, eight foot radius. Make sure you don't have any electronics in that eight foot radius. Now take where you sit in your office. 
make sure you're not on the other side of the fridge or the washing machine or, the, or your, the, your child's crib or their bed or the sitting area. Make sure, be aware of what's in that little bubble because magnetic field, as you pointed out, does die off rather quickly. Very, very intense, right close to it, and it dies off to the power of three in well, most cases. And, and what's coming in the wall where your head is, you're sleeping. People, I've had so many clients who have headaches, this, you know, they're sick, and they go outside, and right on that wall is a smart meter that's picking yep. up a major thing, and they move their bedroom or even where their head is in the room, and boom, good night's sleep right away. Yeah, tons of situations, but simply moving the bed, just being aware um what's on the other side of the wall because these energies go right through the wall keep in mind so you might not see anything in the room what's on the other side of the wall what's outside is that is it your air conditioning condenser is it your main electrical panel is it your solar panel junction box look for these devices look for these different appliances and maintain that distance away from them you don't need a meter to test that that's something you can do right away right yeah um, other tips. I mean, this is a, this is an important thing. I, I think the more tips we give people, the better. But I, I think for somebody out there that's not feeling well, um, again, this is something that oftentimes you can do virtual if they're willing to pick up a meter or like I said, it, maybe there's a need to send them a meter. But look, I picked up uh, um, the magnetic one. that I, That's where I found my fish tank. It had this little bubbler in it, but it used little magnetic engines. It was, it was off the charts high. You know, so I, I, I had to mitigate that, right? I had to fix that, but um, I found it with a $50 little, um, you know, magnetic, uh, electromagnetic meter. Yeah, a lot of times you don't need high expensive equipment just to get an idea of what's going on and to point out sources like that. Yeah, that was radiating out into the dining room, pretty severe. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about the electric field and you had mentioned turning off circuits. If you really want to know if EMF is affecting your sleep at all, if you're having trouble sleeping, you can easily just go out and turn off the circuit for a couple of nights and see uh, how that affects your sleep. We get a lot of results from clients that way that will actually turn it off. And now it sounds kind of weird, but just pretend like you're camping in your home and your fridge will be fine overnight. As long as you're not opening up 10 times during the night, leave the fridge closed, it'll be fine, but just close, turn off the circuits. And if it's cold, just turn off the circuits to your portion of the house. And that's what um, you did. You went down and you marked for me the circuit for the bedroom. Anyone can figure that out, but you were nice enough to do that. And I haven't gotten it yet, but um, you can literally have a device that you a switch next to your bed that will just turn it off. So you don't have to walk down the steps and actually turn it off. So every night, boom, turn your bedroom off. Uh, and like I said, keeps everything else on, but your EMF goes from here to here immediately. Yeah. And interesting thing, when my wife had COVID, she was extremely sensitive to it and she was getting headaches and it was during the day and she was in bed she's like why don't you go like i'm really having a hard time just try turning off the circuit so we just powered down that portion of the house and her headaches went away within like an hour so that's a really uh easy cheap free thing that you can try out tonight is just go try turning off your circuits to the bed and see if that changes your sleeping so that's the e the m we talked about keeping your distance from those different devices now the f the frequencies or the high frequency devices, that's gonna be our cell phone or Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, 5G, smart meters, uh, the devices that transmit data over the air, airways. And when it comes to those, uh, we need to think about how we use these and how dependent we are on some of these devices. Like, do you really need a remote control from your phone to turn on the lamp that's at the end of your bed? Or is, uh, do you need to have control over your thermostat on your phone or can you just walk over to the wall? We have all these wireless devices in our homes that are meant to make things convenient, but they're convenient at a cost. And that cost is your health. And so you need to decide how important is it to have one, a smart home or to have a healthy home. And then this, in a lot of the cases, especially people probably watching this, it's more important to have a healthy home. And so that's when we got to power down these devices. But your bedroom, your workspace, you know, um, you'll see this. This is my mouse. It's you see that wire. That's a wire. Yeah, you don't see that much anymore. Uh, matter of fact, people are like, "Why do you have a wire?" I had a friend over. He's like, "Why you you have a wire on your mouse?" I'm like, "Yeah, that was putting out some major, major EMF, right?" I, I was able to measure. It. That's why I, I like the investment of something like this because I was able to pick it up. I'm like, "Where's it coming from?" I my computer was wired in. I couldn't figure it out. It was actually the darn mouse so uh yeah. here's some unknowns baby monitors please oh please, please, please they are huge 
Oh, in the phones, right? This is, if I picked up my phone, yeah, it's old fashioned, it's wired in. I mean, it's the cords there, it's plugged in, you know, because again, I'm not gonna sit here with a phone and I need it for speakerphone for different reasons, but you know, these um, remote phones, oh, forget it. When I walk into a hotel, I unplug the darn things and I put them yep. at the furthest point of the room because hotels typically have those phones. Yeah, yeah, you know what I was, Impressed. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from you, but your uh, office was very low EMF. You've done a lot of the work and a lot of the homework. And typically that's where uh, EMF levels are the highest. You know, you'll have your printer right there. You have your wireless mouse, you have your wireless keyboard, you have your laptop. And a lot of times people are installing their routers in the office. So mm -hmm. in which case you'll have your router. And then if you have a baby monitor, you're monitoring the baby, or you have a security system with the panel in there, you have all these things. That's usually a really hot spot. And then People go in there and they work. And then, like you say, they get irritable. They get headaches. They get brain fog. They need to go out and drink caffeine. They got to do all these other things to try to compensate. And they wonder why their body's breaking down. Right. Yeah. It's it's the hidden hidden stress. All right. So, oh, another thing um, that I, I actually did well um, is the uh, you measure the dirty electricity. And you measure that. You have a device that, that does that. But you were like, hey, you're spot on. But in and around my house... I have uh, these little devices you plug in the walls and it mitigates any dirt. Kind of explain that to people a little bit. Yeah, and, and don't get those confused with like harmonizers and things like that because that's a whole different topic. We're talking about uh, actual filters. I believe you have a combination of their Greenwave or Stetzer filters. Yeah. Those are the two. Yeah. And you know, it, those even, those work good, but I always recommend uh, going to the source. You know, we're holistic in nature. We want to go to the source and they come from dimmer switches. Dimmer switches are a big source of dirty electricity. Uh, LED lighting, fluorescent lighting, CFL lighting. If you have any of that, if you can transfer that over to incandescent light, old school incandescent lighting is smooth. It's easy on our eyes. It doesn't have a flicker rate and it doesn't cause dirty electricity. And then the switch mode power supplies and things like that. But the, the caveat to these filters you're plugging is they do create a little magnetic field around them. So make sure that you're not plugging those in by the office, by the bed, uh, by the couches, that we're putting those uh, in places like the laundry room or the garage, that it's not going to affect the, the radio or the magnetic field levels. Yeah, great, great advice. Yeah, then uh, the other, look, um, the thing is, is like I said, I mean, a lot of the wiring is not insulated. I mean, when they build homes, you think that, oh yeah, it's good. But I mean, some real disasters oftentimes. I was away once and I, I you have a little plug-in thing just to make sure it's wired right. And it, the, the, the hotel wasn't actually it failed the test because you don't want to put it in the wall if it's wired incorrectly. So the point is, is you know, just uh, you would be surprised what you find with some dirty electricity. Yeah, yeah, be careful then. You know, another thing, grounding is one thing that is a misconception a lot of times. You'll see, I see people with grounding mats and grounding chairs, grounding beds. Grounding is great. Going outside, feet on the ground, walking on the beach is amazing. It's one of the best things you can do to neutralize the ions with the earth. But it's also one of the worst things you can do if you're in an electric field. And a lot of people don't realize this, is that if you ground yourself while you're next to electronics that are plugged in, you become the path back to earth. You are essentially making yourself a lightning rod and these charged electrons from the electric field sees you as a path to get back to earth. And so if you're gonna ground yourself indoors, you have to be away from the electric fields. You have to turn the circuits off in your house. Otherwise you're gonna make the problem worse. You're gonna make the current- I did that. Well, through your body. I did that. I got a grounding thing on my bed and I wasn't sleeping because I'm more sensitive, right? And I was, I, you know, they, oh, you'll get used to it. You're, you're detoxing. I, I mean, everything, everything, everything. It was because I became the conductor and my body just feels it. And yeah. uh, it was not good. It was not yeah. good. So yeah, cautious. Yeah. That was a real, that was a good catch there. But yeah. uh, so um, what are we missing? I mean, we're talking about toxic homes, things we're missing. Uh, what would we miss? You know, another big one I, I see a lot that a lot of people don't think of is gas leaks little small gas leak. And I've seen some chronic fatigue issues. People feel like, and in their words, like they're walking through mud and just because they have a small gas leak somewhere. And it's actually more common. I'd say one out of 10 homes has a gas. It's not high enough that you're going to smell it or if it's setting off any alarms, 
but it's high enough that it's building up in your body. And again, we have all the toxic chemicals that come in natural gas and the petroleum byproducts and you're breathing that in, it's bioaccumulating in your body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're measuring for that stuff, which is really important. You measured our radon, which ours was slightly elevated. Um, you know, again, you just, you don't, uh, you don't realize unless you actually test and test correctly. Yeah. All of these things need tested. Every one of them, a safe yeah. home, a safe environment is key to getting your life back. And I want to reiterate many people who are doing a lot of great things or don't feel well, tried this. It could be something in your home. The problem is, is nobody ever put it all together. And, and that's exactly what you do. That's why it, it takes hours for you to do. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a quick thing. Yeah. Another one is uh, radon, second leading cause of lung cancer. Yeah. Very important. It's the silent killer. Uh, I mean, you'd be really upset. You woke up one day in your 50s about to retire and you realize you had lung cancer. And the whole time was because you had lived in a house that had radon. Uh, that you'd be pretty upset about that, especially it's something that's easily avoidable. That's an easy test, easy fix. Um, radon's another important one. Another one is lighting. Lighting is a big one that could mess with your circadian rhythm. Once the I sun goes down. special bulbs in my bedroom and even in our yeah. living room. The places where I am at night, my living room and in my bedroom, I have all special bulbs. Yeah. Blue light past night is considered a toxin. It is a carcinogen. It is not good for you. There's plenty of studies that show we need the warm red color light. It also suppresses melatonin. So if you're having trouble sleeping or getting into that deep sleep, it's probably because you're introducing blue bright light into the environment after dark. Our eyes uh, have developed on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years with the cycle of the sun. And so when the sun starts to go down and we see that red glow, it signals our body along with the temperature decrease to start producing melatonin. Mm -hmm. And so awesome. you without your cell phone or the laptop, or you get these bright lights going, the body says, oh, I, well, never mind. I guess it's the middle of the day. Let's go ahead and suppress that melatonin. Uh, really important to address the lighting uh -huh. in the home. Well, Ryan, we hit a lot. And I, I know we stirred some uh, people out there in a good way. And I know we yeah. changed some lives, right? Pain to purpose. We, neither of us would know any of this if we didn't get sick, right? right. So those that are listening, think about that, right? God could be showing you something for another reason. But uh, hey, if you think you need Ryan, his services, either virtually or having him out, uh, the link is below. Do it. Ryan, thank you for being the wealth of knowledge that you are. Thank you for what you did for my family and the people watching for their families as well. Appreciate you. Well, Likewise, you too. I mean, yeah. we're all in this to help people out and help people get better. Yeah. Amen. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. See you. Hey, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cyto Detox. Look, podcasts cost money. There's a lot of production uh, going around this, but uh, we are grateful to have Cyto Detox as one of the sponsors. It's so easy for me to talk about the product because myself and my family use it constantly. As we practice what I preach for over 15 years, I've talked about and taught doctors and the public about cellular detox. And I'll tell you, Cyto was a breakthrough. Cyto was a breakthrough for us. Um, and it's changed so many lives. So we're grateful that they sponsor Cellular Healing TV. It makes sense, doesn't it? They should. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cyto Detox product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit detoxoffer.com. Again, that's detoxoffer.com. Well, that's it for this week. The materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you would like to purchase some of the supplements mentioned on this show, please visit the site as seen on chtv.com and use the code chtv15 for 15% off. Again, that's as seen on chtv.com. Use the code chtv15 for 15% off. And as always, thanks for listening.